Do you want to empower families and young people in your community? Then take the time to make a tax-deductible contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. The Coach Tate Foundation is dedicated to helping young people and their families in learning and passing on the kinds of life skills that we all need to succeed. All too often, we hear about kids and their families having encountered life's difficulties that could have been easily avoided by knowing better decision-making skills. From anger management to money management to something as simple as learning to manage how we spend our time or how we use our job skills. Make a donation to the Coach Tate Fund. It'll help kids who need help and their families too. Make your contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. Get details at www.coachtatefoundation.com. And oh, by the way, thank you. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Good morning. It's family time. And welcome back, listeners. Our topic for today, our sixth sense, living beyond the natural. A submittal by our colleague, Melissa, reads as such. God has endowed mankind with five senses, seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, and smelling. With these five senses, we negotiate the physical world. But the sixth sense is required to operate in the spiritual realm. This sixth sense is faith. Faith is the only way man can relate to God. He that approaches God must believe that he is. Hebrews 11.6. It is through faith that a man is saved. Ephesians 2.8. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6. Since God is a spirit, the physical senses are useless in relating to him. The only access to God is exclusively through faith. Believing is seeing. Listeners, in the natural way, seeing is believing. In the natural, when the other disciples told Thomas they had seen the Lord, he said, quote, except I see in his hands the print of the nail, I will not believe, unquote, John 20, 25. His lack of faith earned him the title of, quote, doubting Thomas. Unquote. Natural men look for signs that they may see in order to believe. What sign showest thou thee that we may see and believe thee? John 6 30. But in God's economy, believing is seeing. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Hebrews 11. God saw the universe in his mind before he created it. He visualized what he wanted the world to be like. God first saw, and then he spoke it into existence. Faith is reason at rest with God. Jesus said to Martha, quote, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God, unquote, John eleven forty. Faith is calling those things that are not as though they are. In the supernatural, seeing through the eye of faith perceives seeing 
with the physical eye. Manly Beasley said, quote, faith bids eternal truth to become fact. There can be no normal healthy believer apart from faith. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as the present and the invisible as the visible. It is as much at home in the realm of the impossible as in the possible, unquote. Believing is sin because faith is substance of things hopeful. Substance is visible. But before you see, you must first believe. You're not going to be able to practice faith if you hang on to your old wineskins of unbelief. A friend of ours prayed one day, Lord, help mine unbelief. She said she sent the Lord to reply. I can't help your unbelief, but I can forgive it if you confess it as a sin. Unbelief can't be helped. It must be confessed. The days of great spiritual experience are not over. All things are possible to him that believes. Faith disregards what is and focuses on what can be in order that it will be. Faith killers abound. There are multiple strands of unbelief waiting to rob you of your confident expectations. Systemic unbelief blames God for the subpar conditions by accepting as normal the spirit of Laodicea. Those who accept this theory as the foreordained will of God are robbed of hope for a better day. They believe we are doomed to ever worsening conditions, not just in the world, but in our churches as well. Now, of course, apostasy is in full swing, but I have no intention of joining in to you. If you find yourself in a dull spiritual state, do what God told the Laodicea Odysseans to do. Repent at all costs. Avoid the trap of fatalism. Then we have cynical unbelief. Some have been hurt so deeply by other people they have vowed not to do business with them or have any dealings with them. Life experiences can be painful, but don't let hard times develop into hard feelings. When that happens, you are allowing cynicism to rule instead of faith. Love believes all things, and whatsoever is not of faith is a Four decades ago, the thriving, vibrant churches were fundamentalist and conservative. To a large extent, that is not the case today. Don't fall into a pit of non-faith by buying the line that if you're faithful, you won't prosper. It seems that many think you cannot stand for the truth and bask in blessings simultaneously. Don't erect a garrison of non-expectancy to justify the current lack of vitality. According to your faith, be it unto you. Listen. Dare to dream. You can lose a lot of things, but you can't afford to lose a heart and hope. You've got to look beyond what is to what can be. God-given desires are the fire in our bones that keep us motivated. The believing Christian is not one who is passive with all his desires to do. On the contrary, he is one who has surrendered and submitted him or herself to his father. As he delights himself in his heavenly father, God gives him the very desires of his heart. If you have a dream, nurture it. If you have a God-instilled vision of something, so unique, everyone thinks you're crazy. Keep on believing God. Two of the greatest things in the world are faith and hope. To lose one is to lose the other, and that is far too expensive. God told Abraham he would be the father of a great nation. He helped Abraham visualize that promise by telling him his descendants would be as plentiful as the sand on the seashore. Abraham took ownership of that revelation and moved out of the natural into the supernatural. Quote, who again? 
against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Unquote Romans 4, 18 through 20. Faith obtained the blessing. When God births a dream in your heart, don't let the cold water committee and the wet blanket brigade rob you of your trust in God. Next, your elements of faith is acting upon what you believe, listener. That miracle of walking on the water happened because Peter exercised his will, took that first step, and then God took over. Don't let your experience limit your expectations. You've got to look beyond your frame of reference. Joel says, when the spirit is poured out, the old men shall dream dreams, and your younger men shall see visions. Holy desires come from God himself, God's chosen people, quote, limited God, unquote, by their unbelief. They got the man, but missed the larger miracle. The entire nation, except, except Joshua and Caleb, never inherited the promised land. They failed to enter in because of unbelief. Countless congregations are at a crossroads, die in the wilderness, or move forward by faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes this world. Now, listen, we're going to leave you with three considerations to take a note on. And the first one is consider that great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 11, those shining lights of confidence in God. Through faith, they subdued kingdoms. They wrought right there, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, established the edge of the sword, put armies to flight, and received the dead raised to life again. Number two, consider your own soul to discern if you have an evil heart of unbelief. It was unbelief that rendered the disciples powerless in casting out a demon out of a young boy. Unbelief hindered the Son of God from doing mighty work in his own hometown. Jesus rebuked his disciples because of their hardness of heart, which caused by their unbelief. Once recognized, unbelief must be rejected and replaced with biblical Faith. The grace of faith is the God-given ability and responsibility to believe, obey, and receive from God. Even more important than looking back at the saints and at your own soul, you must look to the Savior. Number three, listeners, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Ye be wearied and faint in your minds, unquote. By faith, he endured the cross by looking to the joy that was set before him. Beholding him, determine you can live your life by the faith of the Son of God. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Listeners, living by faith means you believe your belief and doubt your doubt. Not the other way around. The way to negotiate life from now on is not by sight, not by hearing, touching, tasting, or understanding. No, the just shall live by faith. The sixth sense. Amen. Now, listeners, let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. To everybody that enjoyed this podcast, order your book today. It's called Secrets and Protection Strategies for National Security by Francina Hollers. The book comes in two forms, a soft cover, and you can also download the Audible so you can listen to it at any time of the day. Make sure you go to Amazon.com and order today. This is a must for everybody. Welcome back, listeners. Now, let's take a note, take on this closing topic, the natural to supernatural power of God. When we go from natural to supernatural power of God, 
I've heard that statement, and I've also made that statement. When I was a new believer, Holy Ghost manifestations were downright scary. 30 years ago, a variety of spiritual expressions were publicized, criticized, and unfortunately categorized as weird. Let's tackle the elephant in the room and demystify the Holy Ghost. Let's dive into the natural supernatural power of God. Supernatural living gets a bad rap, listener. What comes to mind when you think of supernatural? Let's be honest. We view supernatural differently. That's one of the reasons why we have so many denominations. Regardless of your preferred denomination, we have been predisposed to the world's interpretation of supernatural that often evokes a twilight zone view of the supernatural living. What is the Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost is not a phantom or spook. Rather, it's the wording used in the King James Version to describe the third person of the Holy Trinity. Although the King James Version is poetic, I prefer Holy Spirit, less spooky, but either is correct. Here are a few definitions. The Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible, third person of the Trinity, the word spirit, Hebrew ruha, Greek yuma, is the word used from ancient times to describe and explain the experience of divine power working in, upon, and around men and understand and understood by them as the power of God working. Now, Harper's Bible Dictionary explains it as the mysterious power or presence of God in nature or with individuals and communities inspiring or empowering them with qualities they would not otherwise possess. With the adjective holy, the reference is to the divine spirit, the spirit of God. Listeners, we're not alone. I don't know about you, but familiar truths can become unfamiliar with time. You might not need this reminder, but I do. We're not alone. What a beautiful expression of love in its purest form. We were never meant to fend for ourselves. We receive divine power when we need it and as often as we need it. That's when, quote, super, unquote, invades our natural. We experience divine power in us and around us. We walk side by side with the spirit of our creator, our savior, our holy God. What is supernatural? Listen, God's supernatural power is natural to God. It's part of his character. God's natural work is supernatural to a finite world. Imagine if we viewed our world through God's natural perspective. Would it resemble Jesus' ministry days? How cool would that be? Do we dare abandon fears and live an audacious life for Christ? God's natural work is supernatural to a finite world. Remember that, listeners. But the help of the Holy Spirit is the helper whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you, John 14, 26. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. John 16, 13 through 14. Listeners, abandon fear and live an audacious, audacious life for Christ. Supernatural living, listen. Some may say, quote, I never see God's supernatural power. My days are quite ordinary. Unquote. Whether we realize it or not, God's supernatural power is a part of our everyday life, Christian life. It started when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. 
and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Our conversion is supernatural evidence of God's power. When you read your Bible, do you find new truth, inspiration, or revelation about God or yourself? Do you pray with assurance knowing that God will hear your request and answer in his timing? Have you ever forgiven someone who deserved judgment, but you offered mercy? You've experienced God's supernatural power. Our renewed mind, refreshed spirit, and redeemed soul is not the work of man, but of the Holy Spirit, the everyday supernatural power of God. Our renewed mind, refreshed spirit, and redeemed soul is evidence of God's supernatural power, listeners, and life. Expect God's supernatural power. When we recognize God's supernatural power in our life, it increases our faith. We know God is at work, and we begin to think in abundance and provoke our imagination. We begin to dream and believe for the impossible because all things are possible with God. Listen, think of a situation that needs God's supernatural touch. Release it into God's hands and believe God's natural response. His natural may appear supernatural, but perhaps it will soon become your natural daily expectation. As the scripture reminds us, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. Luke 4, 18. Amen. Homework listeners, are we ready and prepared? To be God's supernatural power today for our next generation? How can we lead others from natural to supernatural when we cannot lead ourselves? Listen, what does your own supernatural look like? Sound like, smell like, taste like, feel like? And what does your supernatural sense like? Are you paying attention? Amen. Welcome back, listeners. Now, let's notate the unseen world and how it works. Number one, a veil exists between the spirit world and the earthly plane in which we live. However, God on occasion opens or lifts this veil to reveal to us his truth. The scripture reminds us, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. Number two, listen, God's visible creation is an illustration of the things in the spirit, a picture of the world to come. For everything there, there's a counterpart, a natural example here. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Romans 1.20. Number three. Whenever there is a copy, somewhere there must be the original. To find God in everything makes life the greatest adventure there is. 
Number four, the present material world is only temporary, but the now unseen spirit world will never pass away. Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Psalm 102, 25 through 26. The things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. Number five, the apostle Paul explained that our perception of the unseen world is presently somewhat obscured. Quote, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Number six, there is only one God Almighty, the creator of all things, but there are also countless millions of lesser spiritual beings whom he has created, who operate within the bounds God has established for them. Number seven, the American preacher William Branham explained his experiences with the spirit world this way. Quote, they're sort of like when I was a little boy, I wanted to see what was going on at the baseball game and I couldn't afford to pay my way in. So I used to climb the fence and cling to the top of the fence and peek in. That's sort of how the Lord does with me, only I don't do it in my own energy anymore. Now it's like when my big brother used to lift me up and hold me so I could peek over. The Lord sort of lifts me up and lets me peek in. Number eight, God wants us to believe in these things unseen, purely by faith, because of what he says about them in his word. If we could see all that is around us in the spirit world, it would be too easy to believe. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11, 1 and verse 6. Number 9, listeners, in Matthew chapter 8, we read of a Roman centurion who hit upon an important truth about the spirit world when he asked Jesus to heal his servant, saying, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it, Matthew 8, 8 through 9. God and Jesus don't have to do everything or personally carry out every answer to our prayers. They've got plenty of help in the form of angels and other spirit beings, including believers who have died and passed over to the spiritual realm whom the Apostle Paul calls, quote, the spirits of just men made perfect, unquote, Hebrews 12, 23. Number 10, listeners, the 11th chapter of the New Testament book of Hebrews lists the exploits of many of the most outstanding men and women of God who appear in the Old Testament. Immediately following this list of heroes and herons of faith, we are told in the first verse of the next chapter, quote, therefore, 
since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, Hebrews 12, 1. The heroes of faith of Hebrews 11 are among those many witnesses. Think how wonderful it is, listeners, that there are millions up there all watching and praying for us, and lots of them coming down to help us. Number 11, listeners, some helpers from the spirit world are given to people to stay with them and watch over them through their entire lives. These are commonly referred to as guardian angels, Psalm 34, 7, and Psalm 91, 11 through 12. Others are sent on special assignments when there is an especially great need or in answer to a prayer such as the angel who came to Daniel's aid when he was thrown into the den of lions, or the figure who mysteriously appeared with Daniel's friends in the fiery furnace, who King Nebuchadnezzar said looked like, quote, the son of God, unquote. Daniel 6, 20 through 22, 3, 22 through 28. And lastly, listeners, number 12. Because in our life here, we are confined within the parameters of the four dimensions, length, breadth, depth, and time. There are many things about heaven and the spirit world that are impossible for us to completely understand. Yet little bits and pieces that we gather start to fall into place like pieces in a giant intriguing puzzle. The more we learn, the more apparent it becomes that there is infinitely more to discover. Amen. And our closing poem for today is entitled The Sixth Sense by Jason Victor. And it reads as such, My Lord, my God, thank you for giving me the five senses the sense of sight to see the wonders of your creation, the sense of hearing the sounds of nature, the ever-flowing waterfalls, the sense of smell to soak the aroma in the air, the first rain, the green grass, the sense of taste, the difference the food to make, sour and hot mingling, sense of touch, the rough, the smooth of life, the tree bark, the soft petal. My Lord, my God, thank you for the five beautiful senses. Without sight, one can feel around. Without hearing, one can walk around. Without taste, one can be fed to survive. Without the sense of smell, one can live. Without touch, one can move around. But I but I wonder how I could survive without that sixth sense, the sense to pray, because without prayer, life is but an empty shell. Without praise, life is colorless. And without thanks, life is not worth living. Only when one prays, thanks, and glorifies God does the five senses come alive to make that sixth sense to stand apart. Amen. Empower your 
family with the dynamic new book by Francina Holrus, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are. It's the book that gives you insights into life's problems. Francina Holrus is an author, motivational speaker, and national broadcaster who believes the answers to your problems lies within the knowledge that was once traditionally passed down by families. But that knowledge has been short-circuited by today's faster pace. The book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are, brings that accumulated wisdom to the problems that all families face. You'll find your copy of Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are at Amazon and at Better Bookstores. Empower your life with the dynamic new book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are by Francina Holrus. 